Hello and welcome to the ME7 podcast and episode 5 of Look Back Live. The month of February has been a solid but not a spectacular one for the Jills. Uh, wins against Notts uh, County and Wrexham, draws against Swindon and Walsall and a singular defeat to Newport secured Stephen Clements' men nine points out of a possible 15. Welcome back to tonight's show. Um, yeah, on tonight's show then, uh, we will be speaking about all the games from the last month. We will also be picking out our player of the month. We'll be reading out your free word month comments that you've kindly sent in on our social media platforms. We'll also be showing you a little snippet interview from the co-owner Shannon Gallinson that me and Owen had the uh, privilege and honour to interview the other day. And uh, and yeah, our usual game show that Owen and, our, and, and Josh uh, Wilson, tonight's guest, um, is going to be is going to be going on later tonight. Yes, yeah, so tonight's guests that leads me on nicely. I mean, Stanley and Josh Wilson making your debut on tonight's show. Yeah, um, yeah. Before I come to Owen, as I always do, um, I'm going to come to you first. <laughs> good okay. evening, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much. Good. 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 Um, yeah, your debut on, yeah. on here. You've been on the been on the Twitter Spaces before, but yes, um, and one of the early YouTube videos, if people remember that. Yes, yes, yes yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I forget how long we've been <laughs> running this now. Far, far too long. Some people probably would say. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, but you, but on here tonight. Um, looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, immensely so. Uh, as you, as you say, it's been a been a bit, bit of a weird month. We've had two amazing victories, probably uh, some of our best performances of the season. And we've been inconsistent, which is, you know, the tale of our season, really. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to dissect that tonight. Yeah, consistently, consistently inconsistent. Yeah, absolutely. Someone said, someone said to me, Owen, we'll bring you in the buddy. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Very happy with uh, how Monday went with Shannon, which everyone will see in due course. Um, I think it's probably the best best work we've, we've done as a podcast for us. I think we're very proud of it. I'm sure everyone will love it. Um, yeah, I think she's watched Cable's brilliantly and obviously thank you for your time and everyone's going to really enjoy it. Um, on the pitch matters, obviously, very happy after Saturday. Great win, but got to follow it up. That's all we can say. After every big win, we've got to follow it up. If yeah. we do that, we'll have a chance. Yeah, no, yeah, true. Um, yeah, the Wrexham the Wrexham game on Saturday. I, I suppose we have to start there, Josh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, in, incredible, incredible result against. Um, I guess it, in a game that, on on paper beforehand, we weren't expecting to win, considering the the two runner forms the teams were going in into the game. But I felt certainly second half it was probably one of our best performances of of the current season. I, I agree. I think particularly in the second half we managed them very very well. Um, you know, you can only really recall from that second half the, the triple save from Morris and even that was really sort of he made made a rub for his own back but it was still an amazing save from Morris and not, not detracted from that at all I think he had a very very good performance uh, I can only really recall them getting in behind in the first half um, 
we managed them excellently. One of our best defensive performances of the season, probably since maybe Stockport, first game of the season. Yeah, I mean, um, it, a single goal won it through through Timmy Dieng. It, it looked like it was a, a set piece off the training ground. Um, clipped, clipped to the back post, put across back across goal by Conor Masterson, tapped in by Timmy Dieng. Um, but yeah, I, I felt that certainly second half we we deserved that in all fairness across the across the course of the game. Yeah, I think so. I'm glad it was Dieng because I don't think any other player's name would have worked for the title of the podcast that I put out on Saturday. Um, <laughs> they, I thought they were very ordinary. I thought they looked like a team who were out of form. We know their away form has been terrible, apart from a win against um, Sutton, which obviously you expect them to get. Only came only came away from Forest Green last night with a point after our game, so it shows that they're. I don't want to say they're bottling it because their home form's still really good, but they do seem to be in a, a position where it's starting to fall to at a bad time. And, and look, I thought. Tuesday game prior against um, Stockport, I didn't think we were particularly good. I thought we played for a draw and it wasn't exciting. But I said at the time, if we were to beat Wrexham, then it would be a good point. And yeah, it turned out to be just that because we got three points against the Wrexham side, which uh, glitzed and glamour off the pitch. Not much on it on the day. I thought we were the better side. Maybe could have gone for it a bit more and got a second goal, but I can see why we were a bit more conservative. Um, no, when we played Swindon, I felt a lot more nerves holding on in that game, which ultimately didn't in the end. And I did... On Saturday, I didn't really feel that we were any. Like Josh says, other than the Glen Morris save, I didn't really feel that we were any in any immediate danger, so to speak. I thought we were pretty comfortable, um, and obviously, it's nice to get a trophy at the end with the FA Cup. Um, <laughs> you don't really get that for many of the two games, so that's a nice little bonus. Um, and yeah, look, it's it's a result that is important in the grand scheme of the season because we're going to go into a final <clears throat> twelve or eleven games now against some really tough oppositions, you know, Barrow twice, Mansfield, Morecambe are in around us, Wimbledon are in around us, you know, we, out of all the teams fighting for those playoff places, I'd probably argue, you know, I haven't seen everyone else's running, but I'd argue we have probably the hardest one because, you know, when you look at it, you can't get much worse than that and, you know, if we want to be where we want to be, you've got to not just get the better of these teams in terms of performance, you've got to beat them and, you know, ultimately we can all walk away from a draw against Stockport and say, well, it's okay because it's a draw against a team top of the league, but, doesn't matter who it is, you've got to win the games if you want to be where you want to be. And that's why the win on Saturday was so important. Yeah, Josh, let's go Let's go back to the, the start of the month then. It was a 1-1 a draw to, to Walsall. Um, Connor Masterson become this this top goal scorer of ours that he's, he's not known for. But it was, it was one of those games that um, I guess if we look back on and we end up this, this nearly side that Clements has mentioned to us before that is the that is the perfect example of that afternoon, isn't it? Is mm. that too many times is that we're we're beating and we're getting good good results against the teams in in and around the playoffs and in and around the top threes, but it's games like Forest Green and Wal- I know when, I think when we played Walsall they were they were sixteenth seventeenth, so they were sixteenth last night. Yeah, yeah, we were sixteenth last night. So um, yeah, it's games like that that are probably frustrating, aren't they? Yeah, I found the Walsall game uh, very frustrating. It was sort of a tale of our season, wasn't it? I feel like we we start slowly in every game. Um, uh, just at, at the time as well, it felt like a really bad point. 
in retrospect, obviously, Walsall, that their form has improved a great deal. And now they're probably the form team in the division, along with Newport, which is a weird thing to say. But both of those teams are chasing playoffs. We've played Walsall twice now. Uh, I think our worst performance of the season was Walsall away. And they came to our place and they did a job. And, and we had no answer for it, really. I know we equalised. Uh, but, yeah, uh, for me, yeah, tailored the season, unfortunately. Yeah, it, which it, it then leads on to the to the next game, which is is the level of frustration. I mean, that we get from is because the Knox County away performance is the best performance away from home all season, and we go from like Josh has said, we, we we've gone from being sort of a half-hearted side where we can't we can't dig results out, and and it's a frustrating performance. We go to Knox County and we look like we're gonna. Going to go on and and go on this consistent run of form. Yeah, it was a weird game that because I always did. I did come into it thinking we had half a chance because I, I don't think they're that good to be completely honest. Um, I know they Langstaff and Goldrick, Joe, Joe Jones on his own to be fair broke the assist record in that particular game. I think he's got a few more since then, but they're a very tidy team. Pass, 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 but not a lot of substance to be honest with you. And I think we're seeing that now. They've been in a poor run of results, you know. One yesterday, who'd have seen that coming for free at home to Sutton? I mean, that's you know, that's its own story in itself. But look, we went there and we didn't start particularly well, as we don't often do in first halves. Went a goal behind, but we didn't fold, which is good. We went straight back at them, equalised within three or four minutes. Ronnie Hawkins, Max Clark scores a great goal, and from then on, I thought we were really, really comfortable. Um, getting the third goal as early as we did in the second half obviously helped. It settled everyone down and. I'm not exaggerating, we could have walked away from that game winning 4 or 5 1. It wouldn't really have flattered us because they did nothing in the second half. Not, not turn this into a segment to just break Notts County, but <laughs> I just I think they're, they're an example of a team who, a bit like Wrexham, to be honest, who have a lot of good players, but as a team, they don't particularly gel. I know Luke Williams leaving would have probably dismantled them yeah, a little bit, but definitely. I just don't see it with them. I think they're going to be a team who are going to probably be. The Stockport or Mansfield this season next year, I think for them a year out is not probably the worst thing in the world. Maybe for Exxon as well, but yeah, I thought we we went there, did a job, and were really professional and deserve to win. And you know, it's no coincidence that since then and even just before then, they seem to be you know going the opposite end. I think they're down to fourteenth now, which you know, really yesterday, if you look at the results, other than the Walsall ones, they were actually quite kind. Mm. Now I think we were we'd probably be asking a bit much for every team around us to lose yesterday, but. I think all in all, it's, it was a good night and Notts County are falling away, which means that's another team we don't have to worry about potentially. Yeah, the the, the following the following couple of games saw us pick up uh, one point out of, out of the, the next two games, and we when we talk about that inconsistency, where um, I felt that we got ourselves obviously we got ourselves in front against Swindon, got picked back. We then obviously went to Newport and. Comfortably one of what I would say comfortably one of our worst performances of the current campaign away from home certainly, um, but that is that level of inconsistency, isn't it, Josh? Is that we go from playing so well on that uh, on that Friday night against Notts County where we could have easily lighted them and said beating a four five one mm-hmm. to picking up one point. At, um, yeah, it's well if you look at the Stockport game as well, we've, we we then pick up yeah we pick up two points out of, out of the next three games which. I guess if you if you're going on for a promotion charge, just not not quite good enough, is it? No, um, 
I, I feel like that there was an element of, of us being a bit deflated after the, the Swindon game. Not only did we concede quite late in that game, Harry McCurdy scored a screamer, um, you know, probably could have closed him down a little bit better, but he does score goals like that all the time. This is just the reality of a player like him in the league. And Jorge was also magic in that game. And then obviously following that, we found out that he had a significant injury. Um, and I, I feel that it had an effect just on on us and um, just almost the whole club. It, it, it felt like, you know, we'd not unearthed the gem because he's Watford's player, but... Um, when you when you have someone that briefly and they shine really brightly as he did, to lose him, I think must have been incredibly frustrating because he was such an outlet for us in the games that he played, and I feel that that had a hangover effect on the next two games. I think we have to talk about him, Jorge Hortado. Um, yeah, it's uh, I guess it's a situation where I feel like it's bittersweet for me. Because it's obviously fantastic that um, what he did for us and the impact that he made for us in such a short amount of time. But does it almost tell you a telling factor that we were so upset about him getting injured that we almost pinned our hopes on him becoming injured that it, to some Jules fans, it completely derailed our season? Yeah. <laughs> I think if anyone thinks it's derailed our season, it's a bit extreme. But. Um... He's, he's clearly a very talented player. Um, <clears throat> we never got to see him in terms of actually in a striking position, in terms of having a shot or having a good chance. I didn't really see what his finishing's like. I have really seen that from Josh Walker either yet. But the one thing I would say about um, Jorge is, I know obviously the window's not open, but I would be, if I was the powers that be, Jacket, Hess, I would be contacting Watford and saying, look, we've, we've had him for three games. We liked what we saw. Let's try and get a pre-agreement or verbal agreement before the window opens so I say we have him at least until January next year because I'm sure he'd be open to come back in I doubt Watford would have seen enough for him to suggest that they'd either want to keep him in their team or loan him a league higher because he hasn't proved himself in his division if we're being honest like he was very exciting he was the reason we got a point against Swindon if we're being completely honest because we were very poor up until that point although that was probably the most excited and most entertained I've been leaving the Jules game in recent years. Fair result, really good game. Um, but yeah, I, I think well, to pin our hopes on him would have been a bit, um, bit of, a bit of pressure for someone who's you know very young, doesn't speak the language, and hasn't played men's football in England before, apart from like a small cameo performance in the FA Cup against Chesterfield. But I don't know if it's going to be possible. I don't know if maybe other teams have seen enough in his performances to think we'll get whether we'll a League One level or whatever else, but. He's certainly, if we're talking about pieces of business, it reminds me a bit of, you know, when we had Jordan Graham before mm. COVID and yeah. they got cut off and the first thing we did was make sure we had him back in the summer. I'm sure we won't be able to sign him permanently, but I would be going to Watford before the window opens and just trying to make a little gentleman's agreement that, you know, he came here to play the rest of the season, didn't quite manage it. Let's try and time down for the first, at least the first six months of next season. And if we do that, that's already a massive sign-in to have before the start of the year. Unless he gets injured again, then... <laughs> um yeah i guess we've 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 mentioned about um the frustrating the frustrating point and stop porting and a win on saturday we've, we've we've mentioned about them too so just to round off the the month then in a in a short part piece you've got one minute each um not not even that how, how would you how would you assess that 
the month as a whole. Consistently inconsistent, uh, promising but frustrating uh, for me. That that those two phrases, I think, uh, sum it up. I think to be honest, we're just lucky that everyone else is as inconsistent as we are. <laughs> you know, the yeah, reason yeah. the reason there's eight plus teams fighting for two sports isn't because they're all really good. It's because they're all equally very bad. Yeah. That's basically it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one in this league has got any consistency. And as I've said, the team who finds out are the team who's going to get that seventh spot or sixth even because we're only three points behind Barrow now. So maybe they slip. I don't know. Got to play them twice so we can have a big hand in that. Okay. Um, uh, let's move on to, to individual players then. Um, I'm going to put you two on the spot now. Your player of the months. Who would you... Who would you go for across the across the games? I reckon we're going to pick the same player. Uh, it's got to be Connor, isn't it, for me? Who are you uh, going to go? Connor, Connor Masterson, yeah. You're not going to go the same player? Okay. I was going to go Max. <laughs> yeah. Why me, Connor, Josh? His involvement both ends of the pitch has been fantastic. I think Matt, all, all, all three of the defenders have been very good. Um, I, I think that, that Glenn actually brought the best out of them because of his distribution on Saturday as well. Um, but, you know, Connor became our, our top goal scorer for the season and he grabbed himself two assists this month as well, which is incredibly impressive for a centre-back. I've actually... So if I was doing player of the season now, I'd have Max and Connor in the top three. Yeah. I'd have Max first. Um, I think he's someone who, for me included, has received a lot of flack over the years, but I think the last two seasons he's been quietly very, very good and not really spoken about too much. I know Connor's obviously got the goals and Max is due one. I think his last one would have been the... Dagenham and Redbridge goal last year in the FA Cup, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think Max has been really, really good this year. I think he was really good last year as well, and he's just very solid and dependable. I think Connor and Shad have really helped with him him being there because he is the experienced one. And you know, I'd love to see him get more praise than he does get. But I think if he takes away the Player of the Year award, which I, you know, I don't think he will overall, I think people will probably look towards Coleman and Ogie, and then Connor maybe. But I think I think Max is in a real, real shout being player of the season this year. I think he's been really, really good. One of his strongest seasons in years. And as I say, last year was very good in a year that was ultimately very bad. I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw someone in there uh, for my one. Uh, the other Max, Max Clark. Yes. Yeah. I think he's been very, very good, actually. Um, scored against Notts County, looked defensively solid. Um, I think he's probably one of the main reasons why... Now we've obviously gone under the back, into the back three under Clements. This month, we've got a consistent delivery from that left hand. We're getting it from Hutton, and and now we're getting it from the other side where we're getting that consistent delivery. The one that he stuck on Hawkins's head against Swindon was that, and that's not easy from that. No, no, no. From that short range, to should have, she should have got the first one. Who Hawkins? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm all right. yeah, fair enough. But I, yeah, I suppose we'll talk about Hutton from Hutton. Yep. Um, I think he's been very, very, very good down that right hand side. And no, I agree. I, I feel sorry for him sometimes on on a Saturday afternoon where he's absolutely screaming for the ball, and no one is looking at him. And he, I think technically he's also one of our best players. I, I. I really agree. I can't say anything more. I think that Romeo is, is an incredibly talented footballer and his delivery is... He's one of the best uh, creative players in this league from a defensive position. Um, the, the thing that frustrates me a lot of the time is, is when we're playing out from the back, 
what you like to see is almost that ball from your goalkeeper straight to the, the fullback or the wing back in that instance. But we don't. We play it out quite slowly and it means that he gets marked up. And that must be incredibly frustrating for him because he's always looking to, to run on and create chances. So I hope that that, that improves. And I think if it does, uh, we'll get a, a greater output from him. I, mean, I think he almost got an assist against Wrexham early doors as well. Yeah, uh, um, yeah great, great little player. I think he's probably the best right back we've had in a good few years. Um, reason is if I had a, like people like Shay and Robbie, I'd describe as solid mid to lower table League Two fullbacks. That's no disrespect to him, but I think Hutton is at least a League One level fullback. Um, he's been desperately unlucky. Um, you know, the Hawkins header against Swindon that should be an assist. The DN one against Notts County that should be an assist. You know, it is. It, it will get there. I know people from the outside who don't support Jules might look at it and think zero goal involvements, what a poor signing. But he's been our best one at the window. That's quite evident. And I'm sure once he gets one, he'll get another and another and another. And then, you know, the MK Don's one as well. You know, he's not like he's not providing um, the necessary chances for the strikers. They just need to put it in the net. And I'm sure he's he's more frustrated about that than anyone. I'm sure he had a good word of Hawkins where he put his one straight on his head at the post and he puts Matt Clark's one in two seconds later. I bet that didn't go down well. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, the season tickets were for the twenty four twenty five uh, campaign were released um, a couple of days ago. So here is the uh, um, wonderful video that Block Pictures created. Oh, stop it! <laughs> I can remember writing in my diary at school as an infant, what did you do at the weekend? Went to Gillingham. I fell in love when Jill's won at Wembley, when I was nine. We, when we won, some random man next to me picked me up like this, thought I was going to be thrown down and it was the best moment of my life. Andy Hessenthaler loved him, fell in love with the Jills and there we My journey in this crazy club started back in 1997. I was seven years old. I was eight, so I went with my uh, my mum and my granddad as well, who, who loved Gillingham. It was brilliant. I fell in love at the Man City playoff final because I was a lot younger then, done it for me. And I was like, right, that's it now. I'm, I'm there and I'm not leaving. Just the love of the club, it just made me fall in love with Gillingham. It's just like having the experience to come up here, like to see all the players and all that. 
I mean, like with like other clubs in like Premier League, you don't really get signatures from players that often. But here, like where they're training there, you get to like come to the barrier and get a signature or photo. never stop it will never stop like I've, I've just had my first child and for Christmas I got my Jill's kit with his name on the back and uh, me and my dad was joking saying all the football clubs in England that he could support he doesn't have a choice he's going to be a Gillingham fan whether we're non-league or Premier League and that's that's the way it is you know we're we're Gillingham through and through as long as there's a club and we're playing football on a Saturday we'll be there cheering them on And there is the season ticket video for the 24-25 campaign. And a very, very proud moment here at the Hoots at ME7 podcast. Warren, we've managed to get you on the show. There you go. Um, you've been asking for it. We've got you on the show. So there you go, Warren. Um, yeah, uh, the hashtag that, um, that, that the football club put out um, we, along, alongside the, the season ticket video is I fell in love with uh, when uh, dot, 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 and people have been sending in their memories um, Josh, go on in. When did you fall in love with this wonderful club? I mean, I'd like to say it was my first game, uh, but it was really cold. We lost 3 1 at home to Sheffield United, and I wore a full kit, including boots, which was really uncomfortable. <laughs> so, but there, there, there are so many memories to, to mention Wembley, Simeon Jackson, last minute, um, surviving on the last day of the season, Andy Hess and Tyler rugby tackling. Who was it? He rugby tackled. I can't remember for the life of me. Anyway, there are so many, so many memories for me. This club is it's a really special thing. It's what I do with my dad. It's what we've done since I was six or seven years old, and I'm almost thirty now. So, you know, I've always been in love with this club. Probably a bit too much for my sins. <laughs> Owen, what about you? Struggle to like them at the best of times. <laughs> um, well, my first game was a two-two draw with Tranmere. Here, Andrew Croft scored a brace. I think that was more when I was just going and getting into it. So I probably would, I know it's obvious and cliche, I probably would say Wembley was the first time I probably felt it. Because before I just went as like with my dad as like a casual thing. I didn't really think too much about it. But I think when I went to Wembley and we won, that was the clincher. They have the whole um, whole games on YouTube. I go and watch time to time. Yeah, so do I. There you go. Um, I put mine up the other day. I'll have, to, I'll have to have a little look. What, what, did, I, what did I say? Um, it means a lot to you. You can't remember it. Yeah, so much. Um, it was 2002. We beat Watford with 3-0. Um, and yeah, um, so there you go. Um, yeah, we, uh, we, we we put up yesterday, how would you review the month of February? Tell us in three words. Um, before I read the comments out that we got in, can you review it in three words? Good, oh. bad, repeat. Good, bad, repeat. <laughs> Moi, bien, 
Football. Whatever that means. I love football. Yeah. Oh, Mix that about soda. Totally inconsistent consistently. Totally inconsistent consistently. There we go. So, yeah, there we go. Right. So, comments we've got from socials then. Um, we've got uh, Dave Miller, Supermax Aimer is one. We've got Jules Gregg said consistently, very inconsistent. Um, Jules SFT said still consistently inconsistent. <laughs> um, Stu Lewis said Jorge Abezes. Hortado, is that yeah. what you say? Yeah. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Mike Cunningham said nine from 18. Um, Luke Draper said big roller coaster ride. Roller coaster? You hyphenate it. Yeah, yeah, that's what he's done. Um, Jimmy Shu said a mixed bag. David Miller said solid, not spectacular. Yep, Dave, I nicked that with for my intro. Cheers, mate. Um, Chris Jones said seven out ten. <laughs> um, Stu Chillmate said glass half glass half empty. Uh, Keelan says still within reach. Nathan Swan, Swan, Swan said World Cup winners. Not sure what what, what is that? should I wear Matt Olsen? Um, oh yeah, probably. Uh, Kim Pringle said a, a bit frustrating. Jack Elwell said very uh, very satisfying indeed. Oh, he's talking because the Wrexham commentary World Cup. Ah, there we go. UCG said in the mix. Richard Cherry said up and down. Uh, and then the last two comments were up and down as well. So, um, and then someone else said Warren for pod. So there you go. So, yeah. So I, I knew someone would get it in there. Um, yeah, that's that's the basically the the free word the free word month review of of February. Um, there we go. Um, yeah, I just wanna I just wanna pick out about a couple of couple of individual players then. Um, Ollie Hawkins um, consistently. We like consistently on this show. Consistently um, come back into the team now properly. He's got a full month firmly under his belt. Um, I feel we are a much, much better team with him in it. How would you feel about Ollie's contribution currently? I agree. It, it gives us a focal point to play off, um, which I feel that we, we lacked at points uh, prior to him coming back. Um, I'm just devastated we've not not got to see Josh Andrews because obviously he's a similar profile of player, just a little bit more more mobile than Ollie. But yeah, it's given us a springboard and a real platform to play off, which we've lacked at, at times this season. Yeah, look, Ollie's is what he says on the tin. He's someone who's gonna probably score you a goal if he's unmarked in a six yard box. That's what his profile is. He's not quite the full package that a Tom Eves was, who's a similar stature, or like Josh Andrews might be. Um Ollie's very much a hold-up striker and, and lethal where you want him to be in the six-yard box. If he's Even if he's not marked, he'll win the header because that's just the type of caliber player he, are, he is. And look, he's, he's got more goals, I believe, than any of the strikers that are still here. Um, which, you know, but look, he, he does what he says in the tin. Ollie is very reliable at what he does. And I think the idea might be that Josh Andrews is sort of not not right now, or maybe not even next season, but he's probably signed in order to be the next Ollie Hawkins, if you like. Well, if Ollie chooses to move on, or if we chose to go somewhere else at, at some point, then Josh Andrews is probably there to fill that void of that that sort of caliber of striker. Mm -hmm. So it'd be interesting to see when Josh is fit and, and Ollie presumably is fit at the same time, how we go about that. But yeah, it'd be nice to have someone of a similar standard as well. Okay. Um, 
I guess we've got to talk about the, the goalkeeping situation then. We did see Glenn Morris make his league debut on um, <laughs> on Saturday, um, which is, I guess, surprising considering he he won our player of the season last year. But Jake did get the nod at the start of the season and has, has carried it right through from Neil Harris's reign to now Stephen Clements's. So he must be doing something right to impress not one manager, but two managers. How do you feel about the, the current goalkeeping situation, Josh? I think it's a really interesting one. Both keepers have totally different qualities to them. Like Jake is almost like it's almost like having another centre back in the box because of his physical frame. He's very useful from set pieces, um, and he's a big presence. And I do think that he's a very, very good shot stop, um, particularly in one on one situations. Uh, however, Glenn, his reflex saving is is fantastic. It's second to none at this level for me. Uh, I don't think you can you can see a better better keeper for that. And his distribution is better than Jake's. It's undeniable. Uh, Saturday balls were going where they were supposed to, rather than out for touch, which unfortunately <laughs> Jake has as a penchant for. Um, but you know they they have different qualities. But I, I I adore Glenn. I think he's a phenomenal keeper, and I'm happy to see him back in the starting lineup. Yeah, I've always said the best thing in it is saying last year under Aris that we've got two very, very good goalkeepers. I'd still say now we probably have two of the best goalkeepers in the league, to be honest. Um, certainly the best duo. Um, it's a really relaxed situation for me because I'm not. it's not one of those where you have a standard first-choice keeper and then you have a reserve who's maybe not quite ready or not as good and you think, well, if one of them's injured, we've got to play the other one. For me, if, if there's even Morris or Turner... On the team sheet, presuming Turner's going to be fit for Saturday, I think there's only a minor problem he had, wasn't it? If, now, if I see Turner on the team sheet against Salford or I see Morris, either way, I'm happy. Um, you know, it's just both just very good keepers for this level. And, you know, I saw a Wrexham fans the other day and made a point about being irritated that they didn't test a 40 year old keeper. He's like, been the player of the year, his club for three yeah. consecutive seasons. <laughs> he's 40 years old, but he's still better than your keeper and probably every other one in the division. Feel passionate about it, right? <laughs> I like, I like Glenn. He's good. <laughs> I like good lad. Yeah. Um, let's talk about let's talk about the manager, Stephen Clements. Um, nine points out of a possible um, fifteen. Um, I I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to be totally honest. And I said it to Nick in the factory on on Saturday, and I'm gonna I'm gonna still remain with the opinion. Of, I'm still not yet convinced. I'm still not yet convinced by him. And I'm going to keep that opinion at the moment, currently. I'm going to still look off Nick. Um, but how do you how do you feel about Steve Clements at the moment? I, I think it's still too early to judge, almost. Until you've had a pre-season, you can't really comment. But we have been incredibly inconsistent, I think, under him. We've had some of our worst displays of the season. I don't think our worst display of the season, but we've also had our best displays of the season. I don't think that's that's arguable. I think we've had our, our, our best away performance uh, away at Notts County, one of our best home performances against Wrexham and Salford as well was very, very good. Um, but we've also had some pretty abject performances like we, we had against Forest Green and Warsaw and away to Newport. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know... Eh. I don't, I don't know. I'm a bit like you. I don't see... It's easy to ignore for me when we're winning games and we're getting results because that's all I care about ultimately. But I'm still not really seeing a massive sign of his particular style. It concerns me still that we're not 
scoring particularly a, a lot of amount of goals from open play. Don't get me wrong, the goal on Saturday was very well worked, and obviously I don't care how it goes in as long as it does, but I would like to see us more of a free-flowing attacking force, because I think we do have the players to do that. I think Hattardo was probably a big part of that, but obviously that's gone now. Um, you know, players we've, we've, we've brought in, it remains to be seen. Obviously Hutton's a very good signing, but the others, you know, Andrews we haven't seen yet. Walker's not done anything, to be honest. And obviously Jorge's injured. So, yeah, I'm still looking to see uh, what a Stephen Clements team ultimately looks like. But, you know, if he gets us into the playoffs and wins them without having a style of play, I won't care. Question then. We've, we've, we've got, we've literally got a minute. What would you say Stephen Clements' strengths are and weaknesses? I'll come to you first, and then I'll come to you. Go for it. Or Clements and Stockdale. You can take them as a as a pairing if you want to. I think they came off very, very well. Uh, the fans forum, I know. I think you were there, weren't you, yeah, both yeah. of you? Yeah. Uh, they spoke very, very well, and they appeared like a calming influence, which, which is nice. Uh, and they had a level head on them, which I think they're going to need because football fans are incredibly reactionary. <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. Um, strengths and uh, weaknesses. To be honest, well, I, well, I don't see the style yet. I can't really say either way, to be honest. And you know, sadly, I'm sadly we're out of time for this segment, so I can't give you an answer. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Um, yeah, we had the honour, honour, and the privilege to interview our co-owner Shannon Gallanton. Um, here is a, a, a snippet from. That, that interview. Obviously, you did end up having your first game here. I think this is the Leicester game in the FA Cup where you had the LED boards, which were obviously just for that fixture at the time. Right. Here permanently. Uh, going across, it was all welcome to the Gallinson, sold out, uh, uh, sold out crowd, I believe. You, Brad, uh, Lakeland, and. Mac. Matt, Matt maybe that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, very walking good. Walking around the pitch in questionable suits for the Magenta, I said. curtain colour. Right. You, got that, you got that massive uh, reception from the crowd. It felt like a whole rejuvenated stadium for it would have been a week compared to that. What was that feeling for you, like walking out on the pitch the first time, not meeting everyone per se, but just seeing what your future was going to look like? So, for, for so the man behind the camera, Black Pictures, would be able to speak to that better than anybody in the room because he saw the the emotion after the whole thing. It was it was the craziest, most powerful. I'm getting emotional, and if you, <laughs> you'd better cut it right. Right, welcome back. It's a nice show. As you can see, we've got um, our director of operations at the football club, Joe Compa. Hello. Good Hello. evening. I was going to say welcome to you, but you're welcoming me. Yeah, anyway, I'm welcoming welcome you. everyone. It's <laughs> at the other side. Right. Um, yeah. Good evening. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, thank you. I'm. I'm I've just left a meeting with the supporters club committee. We've been, uh, they've been, they've been roasting me on all sorts of different questions. So I said I, I was expecting to be done by now, but I said I'll be back in ten minutes. I've nipped out to. Oh, you got ten minutes? minutes. No, I've got time. I've got time. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Let's start Saturday before we go on to actually roasting you. <laughs> but um, we'll start Saturday. Yeah. What a win against. Okay. So Saturday. good. And and. This is this is selfish. You'll have to bear with me. But the the off field team who who don't don't get the plaudits right. Ultimately, we're all here for the for the football. We know that. Um, 
But with the increase in, in number of people here, um, there's an increase in demand on and stress, I suppose, on, on our resources there. And they delivered so well uh, across across the, the club and I was, I was really proud of them. And and then once the game kicks off, you sort of I almost go, oh, the, the, our work is in a way done. And then you go, okay, now it's actually the important bit. And, and those guys delivered. So across, the, it was a good weekend for the whole club on and off the field. Um, which is nice when that all that all comes together, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's then a, almost a perfect time to then release season tickets, isn't it? Is that yeah, like yeah. off the back of a win, it's nice to then release it then because the mood's high. People that have been here for the first time see what the football club's about. Yeah, and you go right, okay, you've been here for the first time, you've loved it. Why don't you sign up? I mean, sign your life away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One thing we've really been working on as a club is trying to get ahead, right? One of the criticisms that I saw when I first came here was everything seems to be last minute. Everything seems to be um, late in the day. Shirts, for example, you know, they'll arrive three weeks into the season. <laughs> and and on the whole, most things we've, we've you know, we've, we've really moved forward. Our, our sponsors are seem to be done earlier, which means our shirts can be done. Our shirts are ordered in, in late October, early November, mm. right, for next year. Great. Like previous my first year, I think they were ordered in May, <laughs> something like that. So, <laughs> so, so we were, and, and it's the same principle with season tickets. So we had that we've been having the conversation in January about about price, um, how we're going to go about it. We spoke with with Block, and we started talking about marketing plans. Um, and and actually, we then was like, look, we're ready. You know, we we there's the, obviously okay, we we could get promoted to League One, and okay, we we we've covered that base where we say, look, the price will go up for those who don't commit. Um, should we be promoted and, and people haven't committed those people who commit after that point will pay a higher price but I think that's pretty standard in, yeah. in football have um, but we, really it was a case of we're ready we have our price and everything Ben Reeves in particular done a fantastic job getting everything ready and I, hopefully people see the process is easier than two years ago one year ago every year I think the process becomes smoother and he's done a great job getting them up and running and the key the key for that earliness is giving people that extra month in the payment plan so last year we managed to offer four uh, which is great um this year we've managed to sneak in five so as long as people commit by tomorrow they can access the uh, five months of the payment plan rather than four so um yeah we've got it out early for the supporters right there's no sorry as i say there's a real benefit i suppose we get cash in the building earlier i suppose like, and it gives us more time to sell but the main the main reason for the the quick or the, the early sale was to basically allow supporters that extra time to buy yeah it's has it been received then for the past for the first couple of days in the season tickets how would you say it's been received by a support base yeah I, I haven't got an update i um i work from home often on a wednesday so i haven't been in the office today and, and received an update from ben but yesterday i think 10 percent of 10 uh, percent of last year's total would already been had been sold in, wow. in the space of 24 hours so um that's very, very the, good actually yeah that, that that was fantastic really pleased um, I know, I know. There's a few few things that people aren't particularly happy about, which I'm sure you're going to come on to in a second. <laughs> and, and and if I'm honest, that's the main reason why I said, look, you know, I'm happy to come on and, and speak to those because appreciate not everyone's going to agree with everything we do. And if at least if you can at least if you can go, look, this is why we've done it, and hopefully people will go, okay, don't agree with it, but at least we're here explaining. You know, that's that's important. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get on to let's get on to the price. So, I mean, for for, for my sister to get a, a, an adult, it's it's a fifteen pound increase, which yeah. I think 
general inflation, I think that's that's brilliant. To be honest, in in, in all fairness, considering that we could we could well be League One football, <laughs> it, it, yeah. it could it could happen, and you're only paying fifteen pounds effectively to go up a division. Um, but there's yeah, there is a price increase, particularly in the young adult and under 18s area. Do, do you just want to explain that? Yeah, so a, a lot of it. Uh, if I'm honest, we we looked historically and thought the young adult pricing doesn't really align with with the adult. Right? Obviously, a young adult price needs to be cheaper uh, than an adult. So some clubs don't even run a young adult, but but we do and always have, which is great. Um, and and we looked at the amount of if you compare your match day price of an adult to the season ticket price of an adult, you know you sort of go okay, that's about right as the fee. If you compare your match day price for a young adult to your season ticket price for a season, it was a huge, a huge gulf. Um, and, and there should be a gulf because, you know, you season ticket holders are the ones who, who commit and, and there's got to be a reason to commit, which is great. Um, but the young adult one, to me, seemed huge. Um, and, and really, we've just brought it in line with um, with sort of how it is, how, how we how the adult one is calculated and so on. It's never going to be perfect, but it's closer. Now, we, we would look at it, let's look at it for two sides, right? The 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 football club who's setting the price. We, we would look at it and go, well, we're correcting the price in our view. Where this is almost like how it should have been. However, I can also see it from the supporters' side that um, it's a huge jump in one go. And I totally understand that. And I totally, I, I do I do get it. And, and oh, do you know what? We could have, we could have, crept it up every year and and in three years time oh it's gone up every single year and it's whatever in our view the price needed to go from here to here um we're honest we're up front in our view we're correcting it and and bringing it in line with the rest of the pricing in relation to match day prices um but there are there are a small number of people that 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 are affected by that and and i understand and and um, I, I get the frustration. We were ready for it. We knew it wasn't going to be popular. No one, no one ever goes. Yes, I get to pay an extra sixty quid. Like much stupid. We know that's not yeah. going to happen. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, in, in our view, it was sort of correcting how how it should look across the board. Um, something else. I, I'll bring it to the table. I don't know if you will, but there are there's some areas where the price has gone right up. Uh, there's very few people who I would suggest are really really suffering with huge increases. Yeah. There are a few, yeah. right? Um, so the majority of the people, I think, as you did adult ticket 15 pound fine no problem um there's a few in our premium areas right so so in the in this stadium and this comes on to the about the securing the date the seat date as well there's certain areas in this stadium that are really heavily congested with season ticket holders which is brilliant right? that's what we want now two of those three are on the halfway line either side now the prices are and some people oh the price has gone right up for me well yeah it has because you you're you're got an under 14 or an under 18 seat in a in a premium area they still have the ability to buy in in the block along like you, you almost the adults have always paid a premium by the way in those areas the young adults and the um and the under 14 at the the under 18s the under 14s um play a site premium but but nowhere near in line as the adults so again we're correcting it it makes that increase seem huge but in our view we're just we're just bringing the the price in in line with what we believe it should look like. Yeah, just to just to just to round it off, mate, because I know you need to shoot shoot yeah, back. Shoot back I heard there was a quiz. <laughs> I, I was planning to remember the quiz. Is, do you want to jump on the quiz? I will. I will. <laughs> there is there, there, yeah, there is a quiz, but so we yeah. got, we got you on the quiz. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, we've seen this season. Um, 
it's an overall better match day experience here at, here at the football club. We've seen that kindly you've allowed us to be become a part of that match day experience, whether people like it or not. Yeah. I do not know. We all, we, all, we all make mistakes. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. We, yeah, I know. And that's your part, not us. Um, yeah, we've become a part of it, but we've also seen um, the introduction right at the start of the, of the tellies, the, the, the new food, the everything else that you've you've improved the led boards the the general match day experience coming here now is tenfold what what do you without going too much into it and giving too much away yeah what do you want to bring to 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 next season's campaign so the the efl do a family excellence report right and that they do it twice they do one in the first half of the season one in the second and they the headline from their first report was gillingham are providing a much improved uh, but inconsistent experience, and I thought that actually summed up where we were at pretty well. Um, where on the picture off, uh, maybe, you know, maybe as a club, I'm not getting involved in that. But um, but like that, that that is actually where we are. Like we are hugely improved. I think everyone will agree. Um, generally, come into Priestfield now, you you'll get a better experience than you would on yeah. you know, a year or two ago. But we are still inconsistent. So I, I believe at times you can go to pub grub in the rain and get a pie one week and go, God, that pie was outstanding. You could go back the next week, it takes you half an hour to get it, and it's cold. You know, and and, that, and that, that's the problem where we just need yeah. to go, that those standards that we set um, you know, on, on a good week need to be the, the base. And that, that's what we're working on. That's where we're, we're getting there. You've got, you've got to, you know, it's the same, Rome wasn't built in a day and... Um, it does take time to to get that consistency, but that's what we're really focusing on. Um, we've got a few improvements to make uh, around the kiosks, so we're we're looking at um, putting putting TV screens around the kiosks, and then we're trying to actually get a feed of the game, so people people who are stood in the queue waiting for food can watch the game um, behind them. Like that that's I'm not going to set a time limit on it because everything always we, we have the screens, <laughs> the screens are in the building. That, that's the easy part, but then. Well, actually, if we're adding all this stuff, your network then needs to be developed, right? And the quotes we've had for the network being developed is ridiculous. Like I'm doing, you know, so all of a sudden you go, we've got all these plans, all these intentions, but so we've got to be sensible. Um, so we're now going through a process of trying to upgrade the infrastructure around the stadium to be able to put the screens that we already bought up. Um, so those sorts of things are happening. The progress might be slower than. In the first year, you know, it'll be we're looking for five and ten percent here rather than fifty seventy fives. Um, so that so that that should happen. We're looking at more sort of half time entertainment at the moment. You know, crossbar challenges probably been done. You know, like so it's that sort of thing where we're, we're looking to develop. So we we have plans, but as I say, we're probably looking at little little five percent plans. We have one or two plans that are big, um, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you about them because oh. one <laughs> one. No, Brad. Brad probably would sit here and tell you about yeah. it, and then worry about it afterwards. Shannon would tell me off. Um, but yeah, we, we have one or two big plans, but we're working on, you know, how are we funding it. Are, is it the right thing to do? Can we deliver it before I sit here and tell you that? Can we bring back the Boddingtons? Because I hate Cruz Campo. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we've got um we've got to deal with with Heineken. So um, Heineken are our. Uh, they have our pouring rights and we we put on their beers and obviously don't have the sponsorship to that so for the time being we can't just pick and choose what we do um but always interested to hear what people think and, and it, this seems to divide opinion some people go oh yeah we have great beers and then other people go oh can we not do something with shepherd name and you know like yeah. heineken heineken have provided us a really good service for for a number of years that they are a good partner of ours 
Um, I think the beer selection is pretty good, but equally, I don't drink beer, so <laughs> so I'm probably the wrong person to make that joke. Hypothetically, it's a playoff final day, and we've got Crawley. Which end are you in? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> is that, they're, um, they're just as much in it as we are. My my. Uh... Are you needed in another room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... oh, no, we've got a quiz. Is, is this the first question of the quiz? I don't like the quiz. Um, so I was chatting to my dad about this uh, at the weekend, and he was going, um, "Oh God, it'd be the dream." I said, "It would be a nightmare." I said, "I said it would like you never thought Crawley had never been to Wembley, um, but I said it, it would be ridiculous that the first time I'd seen Crawley Town at Wembley, I was sporting since I was five, and I'm sat there wanting them to lose, you know, um, which which would which would be nuts. But look, look I'm so. We're all, we're all desperate to, to do it. We're desperate to do it for the fans. Yeah. I'm, I personally would love to do it for Brad and Shannon. I think I think for them it would be it would be brilliant. So we're still believing, and uh, yeah, it would be great. Right, let's, let's put it this way. Let me tell. Sorry, up James. I know you're getting quiz. Uh, my my wife's going on holiday. My family going on holiday, and they go away on like the 13th of, like, of May for like a week. And I said I can't go. She said, what do you mean you can't go? I said to play farm that weekend. <laughs> and uh, so so my my wife and my son are all going on holiday. My my mum's going. My family are going, and I'm I'm not going because I'm I'm holding out for the playoff final. I believe that that's why I'm putting my my holiday where my wow. mouth is. There we go. There we go. Sorry. Right. Let's yeah. It's quiz time. It's quiz time. <laughs> Joe, Joe Joe's Joe's going to stay and take part. Which is which is great. We've got ten questions. Are they all Gillingham questions? They're all Gillingham questions. Great. All Jill's questions, um, and all based sort of around this month. Okay. Okay. And now we're talking. Right. So, number one. Okay. We're just doing answers. We're going round. Yeah. Just go. We'll just go round. We go for you, then you, then you. All right. Shadow G played ninety minutes v Wrexham at the weekend, but of what percentage did he win his aerial duels? 91. 77. Yeah, around 70% for me. Yeah. Joe Compass closest. 100%. 100%. 100%. See, I back him. I back him. Right, number two. In percentage, again, how much possession did Jules have away at Notts County? I don't think he's as low as we might have thought. I'm going to say, well, I'm going to say 42. 38. 28. Bang on the money. Twenty eight percent. I thought it was. I, I thought it was high thirties. I don't think yeah. it's as bad as. Right, number three. How many appearances has Max Aimer made for the Jills? Bonus point if you can name what position he sits in the all time appearance makers. Four hundred and one, and I'm gonna say six. See, I thought it was like two hundred and fifty something, but I think he's joined tenth. Yeah, it's joint tenth. Oh, it's it is around the four hundred mark as well. I, I I don't know the exact number. What, 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 what number? Four bang on four hundred. Bang on four hundred. Yeah, I know. What did I you know. say? Two hundred and fifty-one. What did you say? I said four hundred and one. You're close. This is three hundred eighty-eight. Sport is coming. He's joint ninth. Oh, it's moved up. Moved up. Yeah. Right, number four. What year did Swindon last win at Priestfield? During COVID? 2013. No. Nope. 2007. Nope. I don't think they've won it in the 21st century, no. No, I know, actually. Someone told me. Is it, is it the 80s? Is it 97? No, we didn't play them from 88. B88. 1986. 
decades of dominance, boys. Number five. What year did we? What year did we last beat Walsall at Bracefield? Oh, do you see how I looked away there? As if I'm like, mm, let me just. <laughs> Not a clue. I don't know, I don't know why I pretend <laughs> I might be able to. Two thousand five. I'm going to two thousand six. Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Right, Joe. Joe should definitely get this. Number six. Uh, season tickets got released this week. Going off the price of an adult season ticket in the rain amend, how much does it work out per game? I am going to say fifteen pounds and sixty pence. Eighteen pound twenty-five. Sixteen quid. Fifteen pound eighty-six. Twenty-six pence. That's not too bad. <laughs> that is, is not bad. That is not bad. Number seven. Glenn Morris picked up man in the match on Jill's Twitter account on Saturday. With 1,088 votes made, what percentage did Glenn win by? Oh, I reckon he probably got about 43%. Wait, is that how many percent he got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 62%. 36.7%. Robbie McKenzie came on as a late sub on Saturday. How many appearances has he now made for Jules? Retweeted this. Um, oh, cheat. Don't cheat. What are you doing? <laughs> I, ha- I have no idea. I'm going to say 186. Sorry, too many. 117. 102. 147. Really? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Not in a bad way. But... Yeah. <laughs> number... <laughs> number. Question number nine. Tate Holton was on the bench on Saturday for Jules. What's his squad number? Should know that, shouldn't I? <laughs> 34? 31. 36. 33. Oh, come on. And last question. How many fans did you take on a Friday night to Notts County? Nine, ooh, 961. I thought it was- High eight eight hundreds eight hundred ninety five nine eighty nine hundred fifty three. There you go. I I've, I don't know if you was Kevin score, but I felt like I won three for Joe <laughs> Compa. Oh, it's top three three. What I've useless? I didn't get three. Yeah. No, you got two. You got two. Oh, a tiebreak question. I've got to think of one now. Um, I'll give him one. Go on. Then. How many of Conor Masterson's goals this season have been headers? How many scored? Six or seven? Don't know, mate. <laughs> I'm going to say three. I was going to say three as well. I'll do that now. Can I? Uh, two. Four. Oh. He's one against Walsall. He's the only one with his feet. Compa takes it. There we go. Crinton, header. Good, good way to round it off tonight. Thank you very much to Joe for joining us this okay. evening, explaining about the uh, scene tickets and everything else. Thanks very much. I uh, hope you enjoyed the little snippet from Shannon Gallinson's interview. That'll be out later this week, maybe next week at some point. Um, looking at Nick as to yeah, say, how, quick, how, how, how quickly are you going <laughs> to yeah, edit it? Gonna... Next week. I've seen a little yeah. bit of it and it's yeah. gold. What yeah. a legend, by the way. Yeah, what a legend. Yeah, very, very good. Yeah, next week. Right. Um, yeah, we're right off then. Thanks very much for watching. You'll be watching every podcast. Good night.